Welcome to episode number 176 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on September the 11th, 2022. My name is Eric, I host the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and of course, computer geek. Uh, as a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people get uh, better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Uh, I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. Also not Ian. <laughs> Are you sure? We haven't proved that yet. Are you, you sure? Nope. And I'm Jeff. Because... <laughs> I'm based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. I'm Greg. I'm in southeast Georgia, former U.S. Army infantryman and whiskey enthusiast. All right. If you want to help support the show, keep the Canadian Prepper podcast on the air. We've got some swag. We've got both uh, the Canadian Prepper podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch available at prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you are enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook, submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good, bad, or even if there's just a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or submit it in the Discord channel. So we've got some uh, speedy content for you in this episode. Yes, the terrible jokes continue into episode Ooh. 176. <laughs> yeah, that one was extra bad. Uh, we're going to start off with some recent news articles. Next, uh, we'll update you on our personal preparedness since the uh, last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic of uh, 20 minutes to uh, get out. So let's move into the news, shall we? Not sure how I ended up first, but that's okay. Um, really interesting article. I found a few uh, a few different sources on this. Uh, as, as I tend to do, I picked the most obnoxious one, uh, and you went for with uh, Breitbart. And they are there's there's this big thing happening in Switzerland right now where they're threatening to jail people who are uh, who who use too much energy. So uh, they're capping the interior heating limits to uh, like 19 degrees Celsius, which is what, 66 and change Fahrenheit. Um, water will no longer be able to be heated above 60, 60 Fahrenheit. Uh, a couple of other things there. And um, there are fines and fines and fines and jail time. Um, what I found really interesting is that regardless of the source, um, all of the articles that talked about that I found that talked about this particular story, um, all very specifically referenced Switzerland as the home of the World Economic Forum. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. That was like both both kind of left and right uh, wing publications all talked about that. That is interesting. I don't know if everybody was just kind of copying and pasting from everywhere else, but um, it was. Uh, I, f I found that to be specifically noteworthy. So yeah, um, great great time to discuss having alternate alternate uh, heating methods. Um, we've talked about that in a few uh, few episodes. Things like wood and um, other off grid kind of things that the the government can't control. Yeah, we may have discussed it once or twice. Yep, once or twice. <laughs> well, I um, heard an article a couple of weeks ago, and I maybe should have looked into it a bit further. And I I believe it was a smaller town in Northern California where you signed on to the the power company or whatever and 
that gave that unless you opted out. So in the contract that had an opt out instead of an opt in where they could control your thermostat. And there was a whole bunch of people complaining because when it got super hot, they locked everybody's thermostat at 80 degrees and you couldn't turn it any colder. There were about 22,000 customers or something that, that got right. locked at, at 80 degrees. Because they opted in for a service, yeah. I'd still take 80 degrees over 110, but still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it sucks. 110 is quite, quite frequent here in Georgia, <laughs> especially in the summer. We don't have winter. Hey, hey. That'd, be, that'd be nice. You know, I just I've had just about enough of you, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, look, look at I me with my here. rotating gun collection. <laughs> look at me with my never gets cold. Look at me with all my whiskey and low taxes. And my fun filled party that Greg. we're gonna throw that everybody yeah, can come to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it, it it actually it sucks. The humidity here is horrible. The bugs are horrible. It sucks. I, I do not yeah, like we Georgia have, but we at all. We have the same thing here in Ontario, and then we also have minus forty in the in the winter. We do, we do. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm I'm actually a lot better with the the minus forty than I am like the the hundred and ten, hundred and five, you know, all that mess. I'll take the snow all day, every day. Oh yeah, like I can I can bundle up and stay warm. I can only take off so much clothing and still be still be sweaty. Which uh, there's only so many layers I can take off before it becomes a felony. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So find us next on OnlyFans. <laughs> Although I will say that uh, that Eric here in the in the uh, in the live chat makes a really valid point that you don't have to shovel humidity. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this is very true. Still not a fan. Not a fan <laughs> of it. I'll take the snow all day. Oh man. So I've got, a, topic. <laughs> I've got a couple articles here. Um, one of them is kind of uh, falls in line with our uh, podcast tonight. Um, BC wildfires are leading to evacuation orders. So um, there's several uh, wildfires going on in British Columbia. Uh, specifically, uh, let me find the article here again. There is one... Um, Yeah, the, the Fraser Valley Regional District has uh, issued an evacuation order for a handful of properties uh, near what's called the Flood Falls Trail Fire uh, in the area of Laidlaw. Uh, it's west of Hope along Highway 1, and apparently um, I've heard that maybe Hydro or Highway 1 may also be closed. So if you're in there, you either can't get back into your place if you've left, or I don't know how they, they're going to work that, but... If you uh, don't have fuel or you don't have food or anything, you may be stuck in there. But uh, a lot of places have thrown up an evacuation alert, and some of them have an evacuation order. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, timely for this episode for sure. Mm -hmm. sure and is. the other quick one I have is uh, just again on our whole supply chain, food, lack of food issue was um, basically listing the uh, top 10 items that you might not find in your grocery store. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are obvious. Um, I'll quickly whip through them just to chat. Um, believe it or not, uh, chickpeas is on the list because of the uh, invasion of Ukraine. It's uh, caused a, a large drop. 
So you may soon find your hummus having something else in it. Um, mm, it better not be fingernails. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, wheat, obviously, we, we know that's coming. Sugar, believe it or not. Um, the largest sugar producer in the world is Brazil, and they have diverted more of their sugar cane to producing ethanol than uh, regular sugar. Due to the high energy prices, it means more money for them. But of course, it leads to a drop in sugar supply, leading to increased prices and shortages. Uh, canned goods, obviously, we've, we've noticed that. There was, there's been an aluminum shortage for a while. That continues. Uh, and that's one of the part of the main reasons for it. Um, See, I call shenanigans on that because aluminum is the most recyclable product that we have, right? Like aluminum is a lossless recycled product. So if you if you take a pound of scrap aluminum and you recycle it into something new, you have a pound of of, of aluminum at the end. So I call shenanigans, and I think that that's part of a uh, uh, part of a larger conspiracy. But yeah, could be. Um, but we're also seeing increased demand because now we have to make trucks out of aluminum because apparently that's what the uh, that's what's going to save the planet. Yeah. Um, eggs and meat, obviously, I, I think we've seen a bit of a, a shortage of that here and there. Baby formula, a lot of uh, mm -hmm. people with the small kids went through that. And yep, that's um, been fun to navigate. Yep, yep. And uh, funny enough, number 10 on the list is uh, liqueur, specifically champagne, wine, and beer. Oh, it's not good. Ooh. And again, well, hold on, all those things are good. It's just not good. There's a the short the shortage is the not yeah. good part, right? Yeah, okay. So I want to clarify that. I don't want any confusion. So again, on that. again, they're blaming part of that on the shortage of aluminum cans. So you're, are we seeing a pattern here? But Champagne anyways. and wine do not come in aluminum cans. Again, I declare shenanigans. Yep. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of shenanigans this evening, isn't there? <laughs> I'm three whiskeys yes. deep. There will be. <laughs> but the beer certainly does, and that's mm -hmm. a lot more of that drank than wine, I would believe. So, anyways. I'll leave it at that because Alan's just going to go on a rant if I keep going. So, <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, we should take a second and mention the fact that it is uh, September the 11th today. So uh, take a minute to remember those that uh, lost their lives. And uh, it's a pretty significant day. So I want to mention that. 143 firefighters, 20, 20 yep. police officers, eight paramedics, EMTs, 2,997 citizens. Off the top of my head. It, yep, that's uh, that's a lot. So, mm -hmm. so I want to take a second to mention that and make sure everybody takes a minute out of their day to, to remember those and lost their lives. Mm -hmm. and we'll uh, carry on with uh, what we've done lately for preps. We'll start with Jeff. Uh, I only did uh, my monthly generator tests. Uh, I didn't have much time this week between uh, being down at my mom's for the long weekend and being out at the uh, fish camp for several days. Uh, there wasn't much time to do anything, so I squeezed in my generator tests, and that was it. So clearly you had a little bit of alcohol and forgot about the ham radio test we did out at the fish camp, huh? You did that, and <laughs> I'm going to let you take the credit for it. I'm going to steal your thunder. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> after after all the time we spent ribbing you about getting your license, you should you should be celebrating everything you do. With your it's true. We ribbed you for quite a while. Oh. You did. <laughs> and there are other people you could rib, and you just don't want to now. I don't get it. It's true. It's not nearly as much fun. It's so much more fun with you, Jeff. I'm still trying to figure out how to work mine. 
but you, you got licensed though, really <laughs> so quickly. <Jeff>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. So for myself, if you didn't catch it already, yeah, we were out at the fish camp for, for about uh, four days there. A uh, lot of fishing out of the cooler, not so much out of the lake, but that's okay. Uh, but got a lot of time to play around with the ham gear. So got the mobile set up uh, out uh, in an area where there is no, uh, there is no power. So we're working with the, the solar panels to keep the batteries charged up. Uh, had my mobile rig out there. And uh, the furthest contact we were able to make was a Barcelona, Spain. And we were only able to get about 20-ish watts out with the amplifier hooked up. So I got some troubleshooting to do with that, but I, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. But uh, I was pretty impressed with uh, with getting Barcelona, Spain on about 20 watts. And we got a solid 5.9 signal report from them. So I was pretty happy with that. Uh, so learned quite a bit too. You were you were powering, powering your, your radio with solar panels? Is that what you said? Uh, we're using the solar panels to keep the batteries uh, topped up. Okay. Uh, so we'd uh, we'd switch what from of, what kind of batteries were you were you running on? Uh, that? So I've got the LifePo fours. So they're uh, twenty amp hours. They're uh, eco eco worthy batteries, uh, eco worthy solar panels as well. Uh, found out actually that the uh, the solar charge controller that was uh, hooked up to the, the eco worthy battery is noisy as heck. So we would go from a noise floor of about S two, which is fantastic. Uh, we'd plug the solar controller into the battery with the battery hooked up to uh, the amp to get everything running, and the noise floor would jump to S9+. plus. Hmm. Like, hmm. Well, there goes that plan of uh, running the solar panel to keep the battery topped up while running the radio because it just wiped everything out. Interesting. So, yeah, so and that's what, it, what you get when you get a cheap uh, solar controller, right? So now the plan is to get a, a worthwhile solar controller and try it again and see if maybe the noise drops and, and doesn't interfere with the radio. But lesson learned, but we still were able to run it and we just didn't charge the battery while we were running the radios. And, and uh, then we but, ran into the... The solar, the solar panels did work very well. One of the uh, yeah. one of the guys on our in our group there brought along a portable power pack he has a little jackery machine and um we well not we they the solar panels uh in direct sunlight took it from about 48 or 49 percent to 100 percent in probably less than three hours yeah wow that was good it was pushed it was pushing about 63 to 65 watts into it so we're pretty uh we're pretty happy with that that's uh, that was fun yeah it was fun to get the gear out and and play around with it for a bit and like i said i was pretty impressed with barcelona spain uh, but more importantly, we were able to get the Jays game at night. So that was good. So we were able to sit around the fire, listen to the Jays. And nothing else matters. And then nothing else matters. It was good. Uh, <laughs> beyond that, before getting out to uh, to the camp, uh, signed up for a new service that I found out about for uh, data broker removal. So they'll go and send requests to remove all your information from various data brokers. Figured the price was good. It was 63 bucks uh, if you use the, the code NORD30. Uh, um, so I'll put the information in the show notes and in the live chat here if anybody else is interested in having that done. Uh, it works for Canada, U.S., and uh, Europe right now. And uh, they contact about 83 data brokers to say, hey, uh, you've got this person's info in your database. Uh, take it out, or here's all the things that we're going to send your way as far as rules and regulations that say you have to. Uh, and they will actually follow up with that as well. So I thought 63 bucks Canadian was pretty reasonable for one year of that service. So... If anybody is looking to have their info removed, check out the show notes on the uh, live chat here for that info. Not a bad idea. I might do the same yeah. thing. I'll do it. <laughs> there you go. It's cheaper uh, for you too because the American dollar, right? 
<laughs> I'm just going to keep my mouth shut from here on out. <laughs> See, I was, I was, I was trying to hook you there and then we we're just going to kick you off the show. You pass. You can stay. Um, I got uh, a bunch of yard work done this weekend. Um, getting, uh, getting things kind of prepared for the change of season. Um, got some work done and some more to work done in the garage. I'm just about, uh, just about there for, getting my lighting finished and then I can have my electrical passed and I'm ready to close it in. Um, hopefully I'll have it toasty warm by the time the, uh, by the time the snow flies. Um, finally, finally got around to finding and digging up the caps for the septic tank so we can have the tank uh, serviced. We've been here five years now, so it's just about time. Um, so that was, uh, thanks to my father-in-law's metal detector that saved me a whole lot of, you know, digging and refilling holes in my uh, in, in my yard. We canned five liters of tomato sauce. And then when I say we, I was uh, in the room while my wife did it. Uh, she also made about a liter or so of hot sauce from the, uh, um, from the jalapenos that we grew. Those are all, that, that tomato sauce that we did was all from our, uh, all from our garden. Um, getting back into hockey season, that's that started up today with for my uh, for my youngest and getting him out uh, getting him out on the ice for the first time in uh, in a little bit. So it's going to be it's about to start getting really busy, and that's about all I got for now. Uh, I did a little bit of weapons maintenance uh, here the past couple weeks. Uh, yesterday we made some. Uh, fixing wax, which is for like high carbon steel, keeping it from rust and stuff like that on your, your knives. And it's good for conditioning your leather. Uh, you can use it for like chapstick, just normal stuff out like that. Uh, it's chapstick, it's leather conditioner, it's rust remover, it's shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, condition your cast iron. <laughs> it's a toothpaste too. Oh, I don't know if I'd do that. <laughs> keep, keep, um, keeps the keeps the fan belt from in your, in your <laughs> keeps the cavities shiny. Yeah, uh, started planning a trip with some some buddies. Uh, gonna do a little camping trip. Literally just taking our bags um, and going out. We rented a little spot uh, here at one of the how uh, it Fort Morris uh, here in Georgia. So gonna go out there for a night, take just our our go bags, our get home bags, you know, just our, our stuff that we would keep on us, like in our vehicles, stuff like that. Um went through and me and my wife did uh an Edry today, uh which is a emergency deployment readiness exercise. Uh and went to one of our rendezvous points where if we had to get out of town or something like that meet up with our guys or anything like that um from our house getting there you know clearing it making sure it's you know not you know in danger or anything like that you know um did that today so it's been been pretty eventful Ooh, very nice it's a good time yeah well, that shall we uh, move into the main topic for this evening. So first to touch off, uh, May 31st, 2020, we did episode number 70. Uh, it was titled Unpacking the Five-Minute Bug Out. So uh, Hughes, who uh, is a panelist on the show, uh, had a bug out event occur at his residence. Uh, 
through his employment or his official capacity in the fire department, he got a little bit more uh, heads up, or at least the ability to give his family some more heads up about uh, a wildfire coming their way. So we had about an extra 10 minutes. Uh, by this time, re emergency responders were able to get to his residence to warn his family that it's time to am and get out. Uh, they only had five minutes notice. Uh, so there was a, a lag time between the um, the notice going out and emergency responders being able to actually notify his family that it's time to go. So uh, in reality, he had about 15 minutes notice. Uh, so five minutes official notice, 10 minutes notice uh, that he had learned through his official capacity. Um, and we unpacked that and how uh, how it went. Uh, those of you that have watched uh, shows with Hughes know how... Uh, <laughs> incredibly organized he is um, and he has all of his checklists and all of his plans um, squared away and pretty much you know step by step laid out already and uh, he found that that amount of notice was just not enough time to get everything to go um, he thought it would be but it wasn't uh, so we decided uh, with all the the news the last little while as far as wildfires happening in Canada uh, the one in Alberta uh, kind of sparked this uh, this episode. Then there was the one that we talked about in the news article as well that's happened. Uh, we figured we'd do another another episode, uh, but this time we're going to give everybody 20 minutes. So you get an extra five or so minutes, depending on which scenario you want to run with, whether it be just the, the five minutes official notice or the extra 10 minutes. Uh, but uh, the scenario for the episode is a major event is coming your way. Um, so an example in Hughes' scenario, it was a wildfire, but uh, use your imagination for whatever you'd like it to be. Uh, authorities are evacuating your area and you've got 20 minutes to pack up and get out. Or we can also spin it with or stay and face the consequences on your own. Up to you. Uh, but uh, if you had 20 minutes notice, do you think it would make a difference versus the five minutes or the 15 minutes that Hughes had uh, in the episode 70 scenario? So let's open it up to uh, to the panel here and let's start the discussion. So I ran out of time to put the, the actual notes in the, or my actual thoughts in the notes, and I'll have yep. that done before the end of the episode. Uh, but my name happens to come up first, so here we are. Um, most of the things that we like need to take with us are in containers at ground level so that we can just grab them and go. Assuming that both my wife and I are home, one starts loading, the other one takes all the fuel cans and makes sure that both, first off, that both, that both the vehicles are topped up. I'd rather have the fuel in the tank than have to carry it and refuel partway. Then whatever's left gets put on board. Right. By the time that's done, uh, the, the bulk of the, uh, the bulk of the container should be loaded and ready to go. And off we go in separate vehicles to, you know, the, the, the reasonable destination in whichever direction takes us away from the threat. So we have like part of our plan is, is to have, you know, north, south, east, and west uh, muster points so that we can, you know, we can regroup there and figure out where, where we're going from, from there. But it, they're all far enough away that whatever is happening kind of in our immediate area won't be a threat there. Fair enough. So, right, we've got the we've got things in containers already cuz you know, kind of like Hughes, I'm a, I'm a big fan of having things kind of at the fingers and ready to go. And so those containers are at ground level and ready to rock. Yeah. Now, is there any kind of trailering involved in that scenario? No, that's just, that's that's what we can put in the vehicles cuz gotcha. um A I just don't have room for a trailer uh yeah. and B um 
it's it's it makes it it makes the vehicles far less maneuverable, and then we have to make a decision as to what gets what disappears. So, um, so the intent is just like it's it's pretty minimal, honestly. Like without without, um, you know, we're we're leaving a whole lot of stuff behind. Right, twenty minutes is not long, and not having a trailer does not give us a lot of option. But yep. um, we're leaving a lot of stuff behind. But it's uh, it's in that like. You have X, X, You have twenty minutes to get out. That's like camping gear and food, and Fair. we load, we load and go. And the intent is not to to exist on any kind of permanent basis out of that. It's to get us to the next destination. Right. So that's one thing that came up in Hughes's uh, breakdown is he was relying on his trailer quite a bit, and yeah. he found that getting hooked up to that trailer took longer than anticipated. Uh, in the actual given scenario, it took I think he. Absolutely, about five or ten minutes to get it loaded, hooked up to the truck, and gone. Only had five minutes, right? So, yeah. and then under stress, of course, you're going to do things a little bit uh, not as easily. So, something. Well, and if if you if you know if we were to rehearse that that particular operation, you know, a hundred times, and then doing the, you know, doing you know doing the the refresher training every every month, every six weeks, every quarter, whatever it is, um, that might change things. But like right now, like I've hauled I've hauled a trailer twice in the past year, and it was not under any kind of duress, and it yeah. was not a fast process getting it hooked up. So, yeah, so um, take some time. Exactly. So I would expect the same thing. I expect the same thing now. Um, but that's, uh, you know, and that's, you know, assuming, assuming it is that I have to leave. Yeah. Um, but that's right. The, the, the vehicles already have emergency kits in them. So that's a couple of changes of clothes. That's a little bit of food. That's, you know, the first aid supplies. The yep. things we bolster with are camping supplies and like all the non-perishables. And that stuff can be packed up and go uh, pretty quick. Fair enough. And uh, Freya like, brings a, up a good point in the live chat. Um, just mentioning that depends on what type of disaster is coming. 100%. That's totally so, going to change what your what your risk assessment is and how uh, how you're going to do things for sure. Yeah, and and so like in this in this scenario, right? Assume that assume that you know it's like a like a wildfire in Fort McMurray, right? That kind of yeah. that kind of concept where you just don't get a choice, right? Like yep. you are you are not coming back to the home that you thought you had and yep. you simply have to get out. Yep. And uh, Pat in the bunker in the live chat mentions that uh, I'd probably need more like 10 minutes. Got four kids if I wanted to get everything I needed. So that's something else to factor in. If you're dealing with just adults, you're going to be able to get out a heck of a lot faster than if you're trying to wrangle some kids because, um, yeah, they're just not going to understand what's going on and getting them into the car and getting them all loaded up and getting all their stuff as well, depending on their ages, is going to be tricky. And I would argue that that's a good excuse to have a, a bag for each of them, um, even in their room, right? Throw it under the bed, throw it in the closet, whatever, but there's always a bag for each of them ready to go. Um, yep. And then just in case I can grab, I can grab the kid. I can grab the bag and we can be down the stairs in 30 yep. seconds. Right. So 30 seconds times four is only two minutes and you've, you've got all, yep. you've got all four kids in a, in a contained area and they're ready to rock. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of the time, this kind of scenario, everybody focuses on bringing enough to get by for like months on end. It's just not going to happen. It's you're looking to get through, like, like you said, Alan, in the next couple of days, maybe yep. the next week tops. Uh, but the months on end scenario, you're you're not getting out in twenty. No, minutes. Ab- absolutely not. And that's it's that's and that's the that's the big thing. I think we've we've been talking about this uh, like over and over and over again. I know I've said it. You know, I, I 
at least in episode 70, so at least since then. Right? If you don't have some place to go, you're not surviving. You are like you're not escaping. You're just you're just prolonging prolonging the situation that you're in. Right? So if you've got you've got to have a place to go, you've got to have like you've got to have a bucket location. And that bucket location doesn't necessarily have to be like a cabin in the in the woods with 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 food no. and you know caches of food, water, and, and weapons. Right? That can be <laughs> right. My uh, you know my my buddy's house in you know two towns over where this same threat might not be. Right? Or that could be yeah, exactly you know yeah. that, I, that could be that I have you know enough cash that I can go get a hotel a few hours down the road where it's not where where the emergency is not happening. So exactly like we're not we're not talking about like this is not the end of the world as we know it. This is a localized emergency, and I have the ability to escape. Yeah, that's so a I good point. That's, that's a really big thing to take into consideration. It's like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be living out of my car for more than overnight. Oh, that's a really good point. I think a lot of people get focused as well in this type of scenario of it's all go out in the middle of nowhere, camping out in the woods, out in the, you know, the big bunker in the ground kind of scenario. And that's, that's not the picture we're painting because could, could that happen? Absolutely. But this is kind of a more realistic thing that's going to affect you day to day. Um, yep. So yeah, g- great points. Could be a hotel room, could be a buddy's place or a family member, a couple of towns over. Yeah. A hundred percent. Some good points in there. And I'll so and that man- comes that comes back to your planning, right? Like your planning is where am I going? What am I, what am I doing? Yep. Right. Cause it, it's one thing to say, yes, I can leave here. It's quite another yep. to figure out like, where am I where going? Go- right? and, going and to, am I, yep. and, and am I, you know, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to like my perfect bug out location, but it's, you know, 10 hours away because I live in a fairly congested area. Right. How am I going to get there? Right. 10 hours means I'm more than, more than a tank of fuel. I'm, you know, I, I'm, if there's a if it's a widespread disaster, it's a small scale disaster, right? But um, I've got to have waypoints along the way. So there's yep. there's a lot to there's a lot to consider. But let's assume that I'm not like I'm assuming that I'm that I'm just evacuating a local emergency, and I've yep. got to go a couple of hours, maybe you know, maybe four hours, right? That would be about the furthest that I that I'd be that I'd be interested in going with what I can carry with me. Yep. So I'm going to take a second and put this comment up. Uh, I really hope that David is using some really good internet OPSEC and that's not his real name or his wife is not watching. <laughs> so Mrs. Sherwood, I would like to let you know that David doesn't want to bring you with him and therefore you should just make the plans to go without him. <laughs> Pull a reverse card on him and, uh, and leave him behind. So I really who, hope he doesn't know Hillary Clinton. <laughs> we'll, we'll never see him again. Uh, so, so those listening to the audio version of this show, uh, David has written in the live chat is bringing the wife mandatory. So again, I, I really mean, hope you've got some good internet offset going on here. That's not your real it's, name. It's not mandatory, but <laughs> the consequences are yours and yours alone to bear. So yes, exactly. We're not touching that question with a 10 foot pole. Yeah, you are going to start talking about the insurance fraud. <laughs> in, in, my specific, in my specific circumstance, that's a non-negotiable. My wife is mm-hmm. coming. Yeah, mine as how well. You, how you live your life is entirely up to you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so but, I'll touch on quickly. Uh, there's a comment in there from Eric, the other Eric, um, basically saying in his area, the only thing that worries him is tornadoes. Maybe he has one to two minutes. My advice as a weather nerd is don't get in your vehicle and try and outrun a tornado. The, the chances of that happening are slim, and the chances of you dying are very high. Yes, you may have one or two minutes, and that's all you have. 
get somewhere that's safe, get in a basement, an interior room, whatever. Please don't get in a vehicle and try and outrun a tornado. It's yeah, that's, not that's not a that's not a bug out situation. Yeah. That's a that's a no. stay in play. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a get the low ground ASAP thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and yes, that is a huge that is a huge consideration, especially where you oh, are yeah. um, up near uh, up near base warden there. Um, but that's uh, yeah, you're not you're not outrunning that. Even if you have two minutes to evacuate, you're not going to outrun it. So just stay low, right? Nope. Get low. Have your uh, have your have your basement uh, have your basement stuff ready to rock because you're not uh, you're not going anywhere. Well, Kyle in the live chat asks, "How many CGN deals can you do in 20 minutes?" I don't know. I'd ask Ian, but he's decided to completely ghost us. Yeah, Ian. Uh, Ian. Ian got uh, got locked up in doing other things, so he's not uh, he's not joining us tonight. Uh, the answer is somewhere between one and forty five. Uh, the practical the practical answer is, um, you know, enough to make it worthwhile. Nope. At least three, so that you can say CGN three times, and maybe Ian yeah. will come back. Exactly, but you have to do it in a dark mirror. Yes, yes, that's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so bringing us back around to uh, the topic for this evening, uh, as far as leaving or staying, given this, the given scenario, is anybody actually going to try and, and stay and battle it out, or are we all taken off? If we're using like the fire, the wildfire scenario, for example, that uh, Hughes was unpacking in episode 70. If, if it's, it's a wildfire, a- I'm getting out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. I'm not if it's a wildfire, then my wife and my two dogs are going to leave. Um, I'm going to have to go up the road and go to work because I just started as a wildland firefighter. So I'm not, I'm not going anywhere, anywhere fast. <laughs> and that's kind of the scenario Hughes was in too, because he's a firefighter. He said that a few times in the, in the uh, previous episodes. So we can say that here now, uh, but you know that's uh, that's something to keep in mind. Especially most of us on the panel are are in some type of emergency service, so most of us are going to be called out to that major event, mm-hmm. and our families are going to be left behind, right? So uh, they kind of fend for themselves. So that's that's something to keep in mind as well. If your particular profession is going to be one that has you called to deal with said emergency, uh, get something in place for your family members that they can follow without you being there. Um, sometimes that's something that's over overlooked and not thought of, right? But um, get something in place that they can follow. They can follow easily and um, make sure it's practiced as well. And get those rendezvous pay- points uh, kind of figured out and how you're going to contact each other and confirm that everyone's okay. And have a plan for yourself too, right? How are you going to get out once you've, uh, once you've completed your required tasks for your given profession? Just having a look through the live chat here to see if we've got anything else that we can touch on. But, uh yeah, the uh, Kyle mentions the uh, the unicorn again. Yes, uh, like we mentioned, Ian is uh, is tied up with some family stuff tonight and some work stuff the last couple of episodes. So we like to give him a rough time, but he hasn't fully disappeared on us. He's just busy with life right now, so he will be back. We we have we have heard from Ian recently. Like he is still alive and kicking, but just yeah. not here. Yeah, he almost uh, got he the Discord also- completely shut down. Yeah. Does not have, and somebody get your pen ready. He does not have seal poisoning. Uh, we've confirmed that. Oh, and that's the, there, there it is. Thirty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, back so on the back on the the topic there. I I kind of said 
sort of a bit of what Alan said. It's assess the threat. What is the threat? Is it is it something that's short term, or is it going to turn out to be something potentially a bit longer of a term? Um, and Good what point. is the threat to the homestead? Is it low, medium, high? Is it going to be something widespread or localized? Uh, if it's localized, you could just go somewhere close. Uh, if it's widespread, you need to go further away. Um, and is your bug out location or your your location of meeting people or anything like that, is it also in the affected area? And do you need to change that location? Um, I don't have kids, so I, I guess that's a good good thing, bad, whatever, whatever way you want to do it. I've just got basically, um, you know, grab grab some food, some non-perishable stuff, water or a device to purify your water um, and weather dependent clothing. And I'm going to caveat all of those by saying you should already have some of those uh, already in your vehicle, at least I do, um, or already packed in your bug out bag that is just a grab and go. Yeah, I would, I've got those um, uh, plastic tubs and I would just dump a bunch of canned food in that tub, throw it in the back of the truck and I'm off. I always carry extra fuel in my vehicle anyways, but like Alan said, I would uh, make sure that all my fuel cans are in there and um, yep, and just, just you know, assess it, assess it as you go. Don't yep. just take off and run, know where you're going and, and why you're going there and what the situation is. So, uh, I mean, if, if you live, say potentially in a floodplain and um, you know that this is the other thing is most I, I would say this most of these situations so the wildfires I'm thinking of flooding that kind of stuff um, is not going to be the huge scenario where it's it suddenly happens and you've got like 10 minutes to get out of Dodge I would say that's the rare occurrence it will happen but for the most part you're going to know what's coming if you're doing, if you're paying attention and you should be paying attention. Um, That's a really know, good point. What's going on around you. And, you know, if the weather forecast for the next four days is saying we're going to get torrential rain for the next four days, and then all of a sudden you get a flash flood and you go, oh, I didn't see that coming. Well, you know, you mm -hmm. should have maybe seen it coming and you should have been prepared. So. That's a good point on just kind yeah. of keeping your eye on the weather, right? Knowing what's happening around you. Yeah, and uh, also on the uh, somebody was saying uh, have different plans for different scenarios and know the plans well. Um, that's kind of where the whole pace plan came into play that we talked about a few episodes back. You know, your primary, your alternate, contingency, and emergency. So you know, emergency being your absolute worst case scenario you know um for me personally if with me in a wildfire situation you know obviously i'm gonna have to stay here um first thing i'm gonna do is my wife keeps her bag in her vehicle and i keep a bag in uh my vehicle she's working on her uh ham radio license as well now i just got my uh truck rig hooked up and everything and i have crossband repeating so if i'm in the woods you know fighting a fire um i can actually key like before i get to uh before i leave my truck i'll put my radio on crossband repeating and then have my handheld 
you know, because my distance on my handheld, an analog handheld, is not going to be, you know, nearly as good as that, you know, truck rig would be. Um, so the crossband repeating for people that don't know will allow me to basically use a simplex, which is just a, sh- a shorter distance, um, to talk to my truck, and then my truck will repeat that and then or send that to the repeater and giving me more distance essentially um it's a very handy feature to have especially in that scenario yeah um so something like that my wife would load the the car up with the two dogs um she would have one issue with one of our dogs because he's 70 pounds and he doesn't know how to jump Ooh. At all. Yep. So, um, poor Sammy. <laughs> but I would, our communication would be ham radio. And uh, depending on where it's coming from, you know, where it's headed would determine where she's going to go during our, our evacuation plan on that. So, the, the ham radio is definitely a good um tool to have in your arsenal uh it's definitely definitely communication is is a very important thing so yeah sure is if all the the cell towers are not working because everybody's trying to use your cell phones you know you've always got your radio to fall back on and you can also there's uh i can't remember what it's called but as long as your cell phone has service you can, uh, you can transmit off of your cell phone, off of an app. I can't remember what it's called. Um, it might be Echolink. Echolink, yeah. yeah. Um, so you basically just hit down a button, yep. talk through your phone, and then it transmits. So that's pretty cool because even though you wouldn't have, you know, you'd have service, but you just couldn't get out. Yep. You could you could use your radio essentially. Yeah, Echolink will use the data. So it's an internet uh, application. It it works over the internet. It will link to different repeaters. So you can look up repeaters anywhere in the world. um, And then you can log into them and you can transmit on them. And it's as if you are transmitting from that repeater via a handheld or other type of radio. Um, So it it is very handy to have. But like you mentioned, you do need to still have data. Uh, But if you still have data, and a lot of people will be trying to get outbound calls going in an emergency situation so the data side of things might not be over uh, um, overworked so you are overloaded so you you could potentially make that work and yeah in a pinch if you've got to get out and you can't on voice on your phone and you've got echo link load it up hop on the local repeater and hit transmit and then you can hear people reply back as well so it's not just a one-way thing where you transmit cross your fingers and hope um, you'll hear the reply as well on the repeater so that is a that's actually a really useful tool to have uh, yeah, but again, it does require you to have a ham license, and they actually validate the fact that you are licensed um, mm-hmm. before you get access to the app. Uh, but once you have access to it, it's very handy, and you can actually talk phone to phone with it as well. So yeah. if you've got a bunch of people that are ham operators on Echolink, you can do the the voice chat. Uh, again, it's data based; it's not using the the frequencies at all. Uh, but it's another it's another form of communication, and why not take advantage of it if you've got it and it's available to you? Yeah, use it. Um, I'm very big on having your your contingencies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, have multiples because yep. at the end of the day, things break, things malfunction. You know, so it's you got to have those backups and everything. Yep. 
exactly. And that, uh, that kind of brings us to the comment in the live chat from uh, Rock and Ryan uh, Olson. Just says, planning to uh, hotel, a hotel in the next town over. Um, so is everyone else. So multiple places need to be considered, plus road closures with alternative routes. It's like you've listened to one or two of our previous episodes there, Ryan. Yeah, it sounds like he's got good taste. Yep. <laughs> um, we, we've never said that before at all. No, no never. No, never. The first, time, first time we mentioned it, that's right. We've never considered that before until no, just now. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Another good thing, um, I know everybody touches on it here and there, but GPS can go down as well. Um, one thing that me and my wife have in both of our vehicles is a map of our entire state. Mm -hmm. So just a, get a, a random map at pretty much any truck stop, you know, visitor center. And it's all going to be of the, at least the surrounding towns or usually the entire state. It's all free. It's not going to hurt to just grab one, throw it in a glove box. Why not? Pull it out, look at it every now and then, figure out, you know, figure out how to read a map. If you don't know how to read a map, figure it out. Yep. And it's it's yep. you know, that's a good time to put your put your your muster points, your waypoints, your ideal locations mm -hmm. on it, right? So if all you can transmit is like one or two text messages, um, because of the because of the, the volume of, of traffic, right? Maybe that maybe that text message that gets through just says muster point A. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's that's all that you that's all that gets through. Uh, you can't have a long conversation that says go to the place where the thing and the guy is. It's just muster point A, right? Yeah. And you know, I if I have if I open up my map, I know where that is, and then I can see, you know, hey, this road is closed. Perhaps you know what are the other roads around it? Because because that's you know we're we're so reliant on our technology these days. Mm -hmm. um, true. It's definitely true. a good idea to have a low tech a low tech and no tech option backwards or uh, yep. available. All right, go go backwards on it. Nope, really good point. The, uh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say else. down here in the comments Donna uh, she says how many people have taken any kind of first aid training to prepare for a, a shit hit the fan. So a lot of people may think like, oh, I, I don't have any EMT training or anything like that. I'm All I know how to do is, or all I have at my disposal is YouTuber, you know, a really expensive class here and there. Like, no, you can go to pretty affordable or if not free uh, FEMA classes, the stop the bleed classes, stuff like that. Um, because just because it's not like a, you know, a shootout scenario doesn't mean that you're not going to be bleeding. You know, trauma doesn't just come from a gunshot wound. And I've had That's that conversation point. with several people like, oh, why do I need a, a tourniquet in my, you know, my everyday uh, carry? I'm not, I don't plan on getting in a, in a shootout in the woods. Oh, well, yeah. What I happens when you get a, a limb or a, yeah. a stick through your leg? You know. So in 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 the Lund in 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 my area, right? So in Ontario, uh, we have you know approximately fifty to seventy five shootings in, in an average year. Most of them are concentrated in about a three block radius around Jane and Finch in Toronto. Um, but it's not a lot of shootings. Despite that, we have what twelve trauma centers. Yep, that's all you need to know about that. Right, we, we have we have, tra we have trauma centers way we have trauma centers for like 
spread out over the spread out over the province. Yep. Despite the fact that we don't have shootings, so shootings are not the risk, right? Trauma happens from car crashes. Trauma happens mm-hmm. from 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 tripping, going up the stairs with a glass bottle in your hand, right? Trauma happens yep. for all kinds of reasons. Um, I put a link in the uh, in the live chat, and I'll throw it in the show notes as well uh, for the Red Cross. Uh, now, this is a Canadian Red Cross um, Comprehensive Guide to First Aid and CPR. Uh, this is about a 400-page document that covers just about everything. It's a great tool, um, and I, I say this as a Red Cross First Aid instructor. Um, also, get the Red Cross Canada app. Now, Greg, I don't know if you would have access to that, and I don't know what the American app looks like, but the Canadian app has little videos of how to do things it's got little quizzes so you can keep your skills up to date it's got lots of options um as well as just a lookup like it's it's literally like a like hey somebody's bleeding tap here somebody's uh somebody somebody's having a stroke tap here uh somebody's somebody has hypothermia tap here uh and, and literally nice. put step by step um step by step instructions on there for you so um okay. you know the app is great um the first aid the the, the comprehensive manual uh is a lot more in depth um, I, I, because I, I have the, the requirement. So, um, I have a printed copy of it because I, I teach first aid and I reference that book every time I teach it. Um, I sent it out to, uh, to Staples to get it printed. Uh, it's about 400 pages, had it printed on both sides, put a cover on it, spiral bound. It cost me about 60 bucks. Um, to me, that is well worth it to have a reference have a reference point yeah. there yes yeah. is a good time to talk about your resources right we've had dr mm-hmm. uh dr joe alton on our on our show a couple yep. of times dr bones um that survival medicine handbook um yep. that's in my bin of stuff that goes with me right that's good a point. that's a thousand page that's a thousand page manual of there's no doctor here what do i need to do because yeah as was it Eric in the in the chat mentioned right? If it, just because you have the idea of going to the next town over for a hotel, so does everybody yeah. else. Assume if this is a major disaster that hospitals are going to be overwhelmed and you can't even get there, let alone get treatment in any kind of reasonable time. So have something have something uh, something going on there. Uh, also, there are there are quite literally millions of resources on YouTube. Um, Stop the Bleed. Uh, Prep Medic is a good one, and we should probably reach out to him, see if he wants to come on the show. Uh, Toms, we've had them on the show. Um, They've got got an entire virtual training program. And if it's still active, we've got a code with them, CPP10, for a quick discount. and like that, that that type of training is not expensive, right? That's you know you're spending maybe fifty or fifty to hundred dollars at a time. A standard first aid course is about one hundred and twenty bucks. If you're paying more than that, you're getting taken for a ride. Um, most stop the bleed courses are free. Um, and if you're in southwestern Ontario and you want to host a stop the bleed course and you can get at least six people, shoot me an email. I will run a course for free. Um, I'll I'll make that happen for you. Um, CPR CPR and stop the bleed will save most lives. Um, the rest of it is pretty well common sense. You know what looks like what looks like it's wrong, and what should it look like when it's not wrong, and how what can I do to bridge that gap? So there's 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 lots of there's lots of stuff there. Um, the books are available, right? We've got you know there, if you go back into some of the show notes from from previous episodes, especially where we've talked about medical things, there are all kinds of links in those notes, all going all the way back about where to find those books. Um, Darius makes a really good point here in the live chat and could have just come on the show if he was going to be this active. But, um, <laughs> um, end, of, end of semester, end of semester, you go to the bookstores and they'll have, you know, the end of, 
um, end of season, right? Especially if a new if a new book is coming out, they'll have sales on on the books that you might need to know. So there's lots and lots and lots of options to have them, even if you don't keep the stuff like keep the information up to date. Just having the reference available, right? Know where to find it in the book and have the have the information available to you. Uh, we love to think that like doctors just like know what to do in every situation. We just don't see them looking things up. They're just more subtle about it, right? We they call it oh, consultation yeah. time, right? Yep. So it's 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 not it's not expected to know what to do, um, but know where to find the information and have that available. So they keep that off like those offline apps uh, in books plus the online apps. Um, right, Stop the Bleed has an app, right? A how to how to do that. Um, Red Cross has an app. I'm sure there are other organizations that have that information available. Um, there's a website that you can literally get every every book that the United States military's medics and doctors use all for free. I can't remember the name of it um, right now. I've got it written down somewhere. Uh, I will get that and I can put it in the notes or give it to y'all. You can put it in the notes um, on the next episode or on a future episode. I will find it for sure. Um, Cause it's for the, the TCCC um, combat stuff. And a lot of it is stuff that hasn't been introduced into the civilian uh, right. point of things. Um, usually how it works for at least the United States anyway, it gets tried out in the military where the test dummies. Um, and then if it's a hit, then it gets pushed over into the civilian side of things. <laughs> so, uh, I will think I will find that and I will get it put on here. Um, awesome. It's, it's a good source of information. Sounds like it. Well, the swing is kind of back around to, uh, to the topic. Uh, Kyle in the live chat has mentioned, um, cause earlier I said, are you, are you going or are you staying in the, the wildfire, wildfire scenario? Uh, Kyle mentions uh, wildfire. He's staying in place. He's got access to a dozer. He's just going to create a fire lane. Pros and cons to that, but uh, yeah. there's another option for you. So I know most of us said we are the heck out of here. A lot of people in the live chat also said, nope, it's time to pack up and get out. Uh, Kyle's got an opposite view on it. He's making that fire lane and uh, he's staying put. So um, Yeah, if he can get a hold of a V-Blade, then absolutely there's there's no reason for him to if he can get to that v-blade in time drop it to the ground and basically dig it around his house and watch it I mean, that's pretty yeah. much all we would do is try to throw it back over onto itself and let the dirt smother it out yeah so like uh, i want to, to highlight that because there are options right everybody uh, everybody will have a different scenario a different set of circumstances and, and a different set of skills Right. Different resources yeah. as well. Yep. So it's uh, it all depends on what you are prepared to to deal with, where your comfort level lays, and kind of how your specific situation is laid out. Because um, that that scenario is not going to work for everybody, but the getting up and taking off scenario is not going to work for everybody either. So. Yeah, and Darius Darius makes a good point in the live chat too. He says part of the issue isn't the flames; it's the smoke. Yeah. Good point. Yep. Yep. If that smoke is really thick. Uh, I mean, it's going to significantly affect your uh, your breathing, no matter what kind of shape you're in. Yeah, that's a good point as well. 
anybody have anything else they want to add to uh to the I think I, found, I think I found that link that Greg was talking about. It's operationalmedicine.org. I uh, think so, actually. So I, I think that might be a link for that in the uh, yeah. in the um, live chat, yeah. and I'll put that again in the in the show notes because that's um, I, that looks like I, I didn't dive into it here, but I just interned it a little here, and that was uh, that seemed like a pretty good uh, pretty good resource. So awesome! I'll have I'll have links to both that and the uh, the first aid manual in show notes shortly perfect uh so here's a good question uh from donna in the live chat as well uh are the n95 masks uh any good for smoke anybody nope nope they they will help filter out particulate but uh the 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 real challenge of smoke is not what you inhale it's the part where oxygen is displaced um so you need like on a very light level like outside yes it would help uh inside no it wouldn't help any other comments for uh, for the topic? If not, we will uh, we'll move along. Yes, yeah, so I think we we covered off the basics. I think yes, yeah. uh, it, it boils down to being organized, having a plan, practicing said plan, and uh, just realizing that you're not leaving and taking enough gear for you to to survive the next two, three, four months. It's literally a couple days to get you by to get to a, a more secure location and. And uh, everybody kind of gets hung up on the "I need the three, four, five months supply with me." This is a this is a bad situation. You got to get the heck out now. You yeah, just grab a handful next. of MREs, throw them in the bag, and get out and go. Yeah. All right, so we will move into the podcast challenge then. So your podcast challenge for episode one seventy six is get an evacuation plan in place for your household. And is everybody ready for this? Practice it. No, Can't know do what it. to do. Yeah, Come on. Do it. Well, Mm-mm. good luck with your emergency then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in, in seriousness, get it, get it in place, get it practiced, and make sure that uh, all the family members uh, or all the the folks that are in your your household know what it is and know how to execute it and and have it ready to go. Because if not, if uh, if it actually boils down to you've got 20 minutes to get out, you're not going to be able to plan, pack up, and get out in those 20 minutes, and this is not going to go well for you. So take the time now and get it all lined up and ready to go. Uh, upcoming events, we don't have any. So it's uh, starting to dry up a little here, but uh, if we hear of anything, we will let you know. Uh, we've got a little weather blurb from Jeff. Yes. So... Um Hot, dry weather continues to dominate most of uh, the West Coast, basically from California all the way up into BC. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, uh, this has caused wildfires all up and down the coast from California to uh, BC. I've got a link in there for uh, a little article about that. Um, On the good side to that, what causes issues is a rare tropical storm hit Southern California but because of the uh, amount of wildfires they had and that it stripped the uh, ground of vegetation and trees and whatever, that uh, it just led to flash flooding all over the place. So, I mean, you've got it good on one side. You finally got some rain, but it's, uh, it's led to some flash flooding. So um, good things come with bad. Uh, the Atlantic hurricane season... Uh, is going to be much less active than normal. 
Uh, up till a couple weeks ago, they were still insisting that uh, and forecasting a higher than average hurricane season. Now they're admitting it does not appear that it's going to happen. Uh, that's good news from the perspective of property damage and and all that kinds of stuff. Doesn't mean there's not going to be any storms, uh, but it looks like they will be uh, smaller and less frequent. Good to know. Uh, deal of the week. So we've got uh, Princess Auto. has got a couple of deals I threw in the notes here. Uh, one is for an LED 40 lumen bulb shaped uh, tent light. So it's got a little carabiner and you can hook it in your tent uh, regularly on for six bucks. Uh, they've got them on sale for four right now. Uh, and they've got a six tray food dehydrator uh, regularly uh, 200 bucks on sale for 80. So those are in the show notes. I'll get them into the live chat as well. And we do have an email. Actually, before I do that, anybody have any shout outs? Nope. All right. So we've got uh, an email from Jerry and it reads, I really appreciate your podcast. Uh, I'm new to the prepared, or I'm new to preparedness for things beyond seasonal occurrences, uh, but I've become more serious about starting uh, preparations for scenarios that would lead to more long-term survival situations. I'm looking to learn skills that would make me uh, valuable to any group should the need arise. Uh, things such as amateur radio, first aid, bushcraft. Um, I would love uh, any advice you guys can give about how to go about picking up these skills as well as any others you would recommend. Uh, I know as far as amateur radio goes that you've talked about uh, local clubs that can be found all over. Thanks for the great podcast. I enjoy learning everything I can through it. So, um, yeah, I'd say first off, go back over some of the episodes we've got uh, here. We've touched on pretty much all of it. Um, I know Alan would be happy to just completely nerd out on first aid all day, every day. If uh, if 100%. we do an episode every every week on that, we would. Uh, but we've done a we've done a couple of really good episodes on first aid, uh, amateur radio. We've done at least at least three or four now. Uh, I was just about radio. to say, let's not lie, Eric. You would do a podcast oh, all day, every day on amateur radio. Yep. You know what? I absolutely would. Yep. <laughs> my my piece of my my advice to Jerry is come join us on the Discord channel where you will learn yeah. about all of these things. Have an opportunity to ask questions and have probably you know ten answers to every question that you ask, and some of them might be right. Yeah. Um, but it, like that's honestly the the resource there. We're what almost two hundred members strong there now, and it's uh, a lot of two thirty two. So we're we're that we're that up there. community is growing every day. Yeah. Somebody knows the answer to what you're asking or what you're e not sure. Even of. with Ian trying to get us shut down, we're still growing. That's right. So we were two thirty three, and then Ian opened his big mouth, and now we're at two thirty two. Yeah, and and on the and on the radar. Um, but but every everything that you've asked, everything that you've mentioned in your email, uh, we have a specific uh, a specific thread for it. So, um, and about four hundred other things. So I would uh, I would say that's the that's the place to start. Right, learning through things is you know. Where do I start as a hobby? How do I make myself more valuable? How, what do I learn about first aid? Right, all of those things, and you know, just a just a massive amount of information about amateur radio as well. And I would say too, uh, don't jump into all three all at once. A lot of people will do that. They'll say, "I want to learn about all three of these things," and they'll jump into all three of them all at once. Focus on the like the rate them in, in level of importance according to uh, to your situation and your scenario. And then focus on one at a time. 
because and jumping I'll just throw into it out there. I, I agree with I agree with Eric, which doesn't happen all that often. Uh, I agree with Eric. More so than just, you, you and me agree more than me and Ian. <laughs> uh, I'll just throw it out that first aid is probably more universal than radio yes. or bushcraft. Just, I was going to say that. I was just, totally just throwing it out there. Yeah, because you can't do amateur radio or bushcraft if you're dead. That's that's exactly right, right. Um, so. <laughs> and in terms of in terms of where to take training uh check with your local hospital like whatever your local trauma center is a lot of them do uh stop the bleed uh like i know one of one of our local hospitals here does a does a monthly class and it's just like uh like it's a pre-register but it's a drop-in it's a it's free it's usually in the evening uh you go for 45 minutes they have the they have the uh um the really big uh like the big traumatary that's uh like the the dummy that's going to leak out of all the corners and uh you've got to pack the wound and all that stuff so they uh it's it's an excellent course to uh that you can usually get for free um so i'd say that's a that's a really good place to start um videos all those things all those links that i just put in those are a great place to start and then when it comes time for a little bit more serious training uh hit me up in the discord channel and we can talk about your specific needs there we go and i've uh, i've thrown the link to the discord in the live chat a few times and I will make sure that I get a link into the show notes as well so it gets pushed out to all the podcast platforms. So, uh, yeah, come on over and join us there. Uh, it's like Alan said, we've got a channel in the Discord for pretty much every topic. And if you join and you find that there is not a topic, just put uh, put a message to me and say, hey, I'd like a channel for this, and I'll create it. And, uh, and then away we go. All right, well, with that... I will bring episode number 176 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course, uh, your favorite podcast app. But please help us out, submit a review. It does help other people find us, as long as it's not a one-star review. Ah, see, I'm bringing that back. <laughs> Poor one-star review. That's going to haunt your dreams, eh? <laughs> it is. Uh, we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we are going live. You can contact me at Alan, that's with one L, at prepperpodcast.ca, or drop me a line in the Discord channel, either by message, I'm just safety nerd, it's easy to find, uh, or... Uh, you can find a few of the uh, the chats that, or the few of the threads that I'm pretty active in. I have an alert set up for those. Yeah, I'll mention in the Discord all the panelists are listed in Discord as panelists and as moderators, so they're they're easy to find. I refuse to moderate because it means that like Discord wants me to put two factor authentication on my phone and it wants a separate app for it. And frankly, I just don't care. So two factors important. <laughs> the nerd in me is screaming I, I, right I, now. I, I believe that you believe that. <laughs> and right, you can reach me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And like the rest of the panel, um, I spend quite a bit of time on the app, Discord app. So again, as has been mentioned, if you've got questions, throw it in there and one of us will try and give you the right answer. Uh, you can reach me at crossrifleranch at gmail.com. I'm also on the Discord app. Uh, Abbott 11B you can find me in there um, holler at me reach out anytime any questions I'll do whatever I can to, to point you all in the right direction if I don't have the have the answer awesome and, uh, check just out make it up like the rest of us do yeah exactly <laughs> that's all we're doing is making this stuff up yeah <laughs> that's how I've gotten this far in life yeah, hey. <laughs> uh, check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com you can get me there on the live chat 
can also get me on the Discord uh, or at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>